0: The voice of reason, the voice of alarm, the voice of stats, the voice of scouts, the voice of Kool-Aid, the voice of dismay, the voice of Devo. Well, the game of baseball can be broken down by numbers more than any other sport, right? And right now, there's a lot of numbers that are not overly positive for the Royals, and we're going to discuss them all here on Clubhouse Conversation. Not what I was hoping for in game two. Your dish here against the White Sox, a second straight night that the Royals are defeated by the Southside Boys, seven to six. So let's just do this one by the numbers here, because there's so many of them. We're going to go through really 11 different numbers, none of which are good. All right, number one. The Royals have lost 7-6 to six, two nights in a row, which is really maddening. That means the Royals have scored six runs two nights in a row. You know, they had some big innings. They had the first inning yesterday, and they had the eighth inning tonight. You just felt, you know, tonight especially, they, you know, they got the, well, they had the five 5th lead yesterday, then tonight you get the the 2-1 to lead after a big right center field double by Danny Valencia. Nice job, his first A-B, his first game of the year starting at third base against a right-hander. He'd started a couple at second base, but That was his first game starting at third against a right hander. You had to feel good, but the Royals, you know, pitching couldn't hold him down. So, seven to six. That's our first number. Two nights in a row, you scored six and lost when you had all those games in April that you would have killed for three runs, let alone six runs. Number number two, five and 15. That's the Royals' record against the AL Central. Repeating. 5 and 15 against the AL Central. And let's go through the Juggernaut Central and the team records. Detroit's 27 and 14. We'll exclude them. But Minnesota, 21 and 21. The White Sox, 23 and 24. The Royals, 22 and 23. And Cleveland, 21 and 25. That means three of the five teams in the Central are under 500. One is right at 500. And the Royals are 5 and 15 against the AL Central, obviously. Everyone knows that's not going to get it done. Number three, five to zero. That's the home run differential between this White Sox team that's playing without Jose Abreu, that lost ninety nine games a year ago. Five to nothing home runs they lead in this series against the Royals with very favorable weather for, as we talked about last night, for pole right-handed hitters or good opposite field power. You know, left-handed hitters. You know, with that wind whipping out to the left, especially last night. Not so much tonight, but especially last night. And it's 5 nothing White Sox in the home run department. Stat number four, 32. That's the amount of home runs the White Sox have slugged compared to the Royals. 32 more home runs than the Royals the Chicago White Sox have hit. 32 more home runs than the Royals. And we're talking about the White Sox here. We're talking about a 23-and-24 team who's hit 32 more home runs than the Royals. Number five, four and four. That's the Royals' record on this very important homestand. You know, I I really thought the Royals were going to go ten and five during this stretch of games. I really did, especially after they got the two against the Rockies. I predicted the split against Baltimore, and I predicted two out of three against the White Sox, especially when you miss Sale, you're not facing, you know, a Brayu, and you had a clear pitching matchup both tonight and last night, and you lost both games. So the Royals aren't going to get to their ten and five now unless they go out and sweep Houston and – Anaheim this weekend, so the Royals are four and four during this stretch of fifteen games and four and four on the homestand. And, and to be honest, not being negative, to be honest, tomorrow is the one game in this series that does not really favor the Royals on paper. So maybe, perhaps, hopefully, perhaps they'll come out and win tomorrow and get a five and four homestand, which you at least, at least salvage it a little bit. But four and five, if you get swept by the White Sox, go to 200 five hundred. Let's keep going here. Stat number six three that's the number of games the royals have lost against every other al central opponent in one series and we're on but may what is this may 20th so if the royals lose tomorrow they will have lost three games in one series against every single al central opponent in mid-may they got swept by minnesota i don't even want to think about that one. Oh, that still hurts oh they got swept by the twins they got swept by Detroit, and it wasn't even really being swept. It was being held down, having your valuables stolen and tickling you just because they can. <laughs> you know, They steal all your valuables, and they go into your armpits and tickle you just because they can. That's what Detroit did to the Royals. Got swept by them, lost three of four in Cleveland, and if they lose tomorrow, that's three against the White Sox. That's every other AL Central team. I mean, not surprising when you're five and 15, but you've lost three in a series against every other AL Central team on May 19th, if you Get swept tomorrow by the White Sox. Stat number seven, 152. That's Mike Moustakas' batting average after his key outs in the eighth inning in which he was unable to get that run home from third base and one out. Hey, you know, I, I've said before here in Clubhouse Conversation a couple of things. Number one, I was for Moose staying up about a week ago, ten days ago. Maybe not so much for it, but I understood it and I backed the Royals on it. And he came out and responded with that big double, couple hits, had three RBIs against the Rockies. But Outside of that, you know, several games before that, several games since, he's just it's the same old stuff. And obviously at this point, it looks as if it's pretty inevitable he's going down to Omaha once Omar Infante gets activated. There's no way. You're starting Danny Valencia against a right hander. Then he comes up in a key situation, a pinch hit situation, cannot get that run home from third and one out. The Royals lose by one, so that run would have tied the game. That's the other thing I wanted to say is I'm not one of those guys that like saying, well, had he done that, the game would have been this, because that's not true always. Things change; the whole flow of the game can change. But you could reasonably argue that if he gets that run home from third with even just a sacrifice fly, the Royals tie this game. And heck, if he gets a hit there, they probably tie it and possibly win it. So anyway, 152—that's Moose's average. He's got to go to Omaha this weekend when Infante comes up. But if you're going to start Valencia, especially the guys, the poor guy's confidence has got to be shattered at this point, you know. And I'm not giving up on Moose. I still think Moose could become a good Major League player. I think we can scratch off superstar and all-star, but there's no reason Moose couldn't become a solid to good Major League third baseman. But I think at this point, the kid's confidence, I mean, wouldn't your confidence be completely shattered if you were just up there and you worked your ass off over the, over the winter, he went to Venezuela, put in the work, he's you know out there every day at 2 o'clock taking extra batting practice with Pedro Graffal, watching video, doing whatever he can, and just, nothing's working, you know? And now you've got your manager... After backing you, starting a a right-hander who you know in his career hits, what, 220? Valencia does against right-handers. He starts them tonight over you, and you've got some lefties coming up the next couple. It's time for Moose to go down, just for his confidence. Not only because he's hurting the team, but also his confidence. That needs to happen, and I think it will when Omar Infante gets activated. But 152 is not good. Stat number eight, two. That's the amount of combined home runs by your DH and first baseman. Two. What's the date again? What's the date here? We're what 28% through the year. Let's double-check the calendar again here. Yeah, it's May 20th. I'm just making sure. May 20th, so the season's just about a third over. And in the American League, your first baseman and DH have a combined two home runs. Stat number nine, three. That's the amount of wild pitches that Brett Hayes allowed tonight. I I tweeted before the game at Rails Clubhouse that Salvador Perez losing him was a big loss tonight. It was. I'm not saying... Sal would have smothered every single one of Ventura's pitches. And Ventura's to blame ultimately. You know, you've got to give him the credit for bouncing the pitches. And they weren't easy plays. I mean, I think we're so spoiled with Sal back there that we forget that normal catchers don't block those balls at a higher rate. But, you know, three of those, surely Sal blocks two of them. I think we can agree with that. Well, you know, ultimately Ventura's a guy to blame, but Hayes has got to be able to block. One of those, two of those. I mean, the last two directly led to a run. So you mentioned Moose not getting that sack fly. That was a run. You know, Then you mentioned Brett Hayes not blocking balls. That cost him a run. You go through it, there's a number of guys. Again, it's a team game. A number of guys contributed. Ventura didn't really have it tonight. And then, you know, stat number 10 is Brett Hayes' zero batting average. Like seeing Francisco Pena out there. He's been mashing at, what, nine home runs the last two weeks in Omaha. The guy's, I think, gunned out. 40% of base runners down there, give or take. Might be time to consider that. I never really got the Brett Hayes thing going back to last year, watching him several times in Omaha. Stat number 11 obviously contributed as well, was the three-run home run that Aaron Crow gave up. That's two three-run homers in a row by Aaron Crow in as many outings, going from a zero ERA. And now his ERA currently sits at 360 for the Royals. So... 11 different numbers that really break down this game and in the, in the situation we're at in the season right now. And again, you know, the Royals are still right there. They're a game and a half out of the wild card. It's ridiculous talking about the wild card May 20th, I know, but I'm grasping at straws. I'm trying to stay positive here. But the Royals are still in this thing, man. They're right there. <laughs> but uh, back under 500 here's the other problem so we mentioned five and 15 against the central against you know only one team is 500 and that's fringe at best so four of the five essentially are under 500 teams right now in the central so three of the other four that you play are essentially under 500 now 15 of the next 18 are against teams with winning records for the royals so um, the royals are probably going to make a move one way or the other here pretty quick It's hard to stay right at 500, two under, two over, one under, one over, 500 all year. With these games coming up and the Royals being so bad against the Central, either they're about to get hot and start evening things out, getting back to the mean and winning in the Central, and they're going to beat some of these good teams as they have. I mean, they beat the Rockies both games. They split with Baltimore. They won the season series of Baltimore. It's impressive. You know, either probably the Royals are going to move north or south here pretty quick. They're not going to continue to hover at 500 all year like this. It just The the, formula is not there for that to happen. The pitching can only hold you at 500 for so long if your first baseman and DH have two home runs and your third baseman's hitting 150 and you're hitting under 250 if the runner's in scoring position and your right fielder's hitting 270 and not drawing walks and has no power and on and on. You've got some injuries, some guys that are banged up. That's not going to continue if they don't start scoring some runs. So we're probably going to make a move here pretty quick either way. Now, other than that, a couple things about the game tonight. Jordano Ventura, decent. Six innings, four runs, seven hits, only struck out three, walked one. That's because they were mauling him; they were just ambushing him, swinging early, raiding him. Those first pitch swings. It's a, it was a good game plan. You know, he gets the fast, throws you the fastball to get ahead. The White Sox were ready for it. Hit some balls well. Give him credit. But I mean, Ventura hung in there. He gave the Royals some innings. So again, we've talked about how spectacular he can be, and when he's quote unquote bad for his standards, he's still you know about league average. So that's that's encouraging. Alex Gordon, a couple more hits. That's encouraging. Billy Butler, another hit. That's encouraging. I mean, there's some good things happening. Good to see Francisco Pena gun out Adam Eaton at second. You know, good to see him get in there as, you know, following his his dad and his brother's footsteps, wearing a Royals uniform. But in closing, there's just there's not too much positive to say about this series. Even the home stand at this point. I mean, if we're being realistic, you can't. You can't. St- at some point, you got to make a move against some of these teams. Otherwise, you're like, like we said, you're gonna have to do it against the 15 of the next 18 with winning records. And what's more likely, you know, beating the White Sox at home and you know beating the Twins, not getting swept by the Twins, or you know beating all these other good teams that we're gonna be facing. It's it, the other thing that's that's depressing. And I hate to keep. I'm not trying to be negative here. I, I want to make that clear. I'm as positive as they come, but. We gotta be realistic here. We gotta, you know, talk man to man, man to woman, Royals fan to Royals fan, Royals radio guy to Royals radio guy. Realistically, this is not good. We're not in a good spot right now. We're game and a half out, but there's a lot of baseball to be played, and there's not a lot of positive that's gonna make you think this offense is all of a sudden gonna turn it on. I mean we keep hoping that, but Last year, it never really happened outside of a month or two in the second half. It's not happening this year. The Royals don't have the money to go out. You know, I thought Steven Drew was going to the Tigers. Surprising to see the Red Sox sign him today. Why the hell didn't they just sign him in the first place? I don't understand that at all. But that helps the Royals, I guess. I mean, he's not going to Detroit now. But in summary, the the rest of the AL Central teams here's their records against each other. Detroit's twelve and eight against the Central. Minnesota's eleven and ten. The White Sox are eleven and ten. Cleveland's thirteen and nine. The Royals are five and fifteen. That's all i got to say about that. Let's stay positive. We're a game and a half out of the wild card. We can still salvage the homestand, at least a little bit. Uh, Jeremy Guthrie, I expect a good game out of him tomorrow. He seems to rise to the occasion pretty good when he needs to. He's a veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's had two games to watch these guys. I think Guts will give us a good game tomorrow. Problem is, we're facing Carlos Quintana, and he's a good left-hander against anybody, but especially against the Royals. We're playing without Salvador Perez tomorrow. We're playing without... Omar Infante tomorrow, I, I, I'm not happy with Pedro Ciriaco's approach at all. First pitch, hack. First pitch, hack. Take one. Hack, hack, hack. It's a hack. I see no potential with him. So it's almost like, you know, if you're putting Brett Hayes out there with Siriaco, um it's just, you know, it's just almost like you've got a, a free inning almost. So we, we need Omar back in a big way. We need Salvi back in a big way. Quintana's tough, and you know the Royals have scored six runs two days in a row. And to their credit, you know I'm sitting here, t- you know, not bagging, but pointing out things about Syriaco and Hayes and what have you. The Royals have put up six runs the last two nights. Let's be real here; they have scored some runs, and that, that's uh, that's also worrisome. Is this team really going to continue to do that tomorrow? I guess one other good thing to note is that the White Sox bullpen is pretty worn down at this point. So the key to the game tomorrow against Quintana is going to be waiting him out. You you're going to try to knock him out after six or six plus get three runs off of him, work that pitch count. I want to see good at-bats tomorrow because the White Sox bullpen is not good. It's fairly worn down and battered. So let's go out there and have good at-bats tomorrow, work the pitch count, and see if we can't get into that very, very, very questionable White Sox bullpen as the Royals hit them well tonight. So That will be the key tomorrow is getting seven good innings out of Guthrie, three-run ball out of Jay Guts, and hope the Royals can scratch out three against Quintana, make it a battle of bullpen, steal it at the end, salvage the homestand, and head to Anaheim after your off day on Thursday. But until then, we'll we'll have it tomorrow night here again on Clubhouse Conversation. Hang in there, Royals fans. I was much less frustrated tonight than I was the night before. There was a lot less to be upset about tonight. I mean, as far as specifics about the game. But uh, let's hang in there, and uh, let's get that one tomorrow, and Stay positive and keep believing. Hold on to it. It's so early in the season right now that we can't be throwing in the towel and panicking. And I do think the club started. I, I, do, I do credit, actually, by the way, in closing, one last thought here. I do credit Dayton Moore and Ned Yost this year. They've been fairly reactive on things. I think starting Valencia tonight was, was their throwing in the flag that they're going to send him down once Infante comes back. It's a no-brainer. He's going down. I would bet a large amount of money that he's going down when Infante gets activated on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. It's going to happen. So, I mean, they they made the move. Some might say it's a week or two late. I think it's okay. They really gave him a legit chance. He's a key part of the team, the, the, the plan, obviously, the famous process. So, give the Royals credit there for putting Valencia in tonight, giving him a chance. They'll be sending Moose down this weekend. Also, throughout the year, people have criticized Ned Yost for, you know, bringing in Holland to bail out a ninth inning earlier, you know, the first couple games of the year instead of starting the inning that's something Ned just wouldn't have done in the past. He's trying to win games. He, you know, sometimes he does things we disagree with, like the bunting. The bunting guys to second base with three outs and giving away an out, I disagree with. Leaving pitchers in for wins, starting pitchers sometimes when they don't have it, I disagree with. But for the most part, Ned has made adjustments. Dayton has shown they have different... They talk different to the media this year. I'm just saying, let's give the guys some credit here. There are some positive signs going on, and it's clear that they are trying to win this year. So that's what I want to close with tonight. It's tough right now. We're in a funk are we going to start scoring runs and continue to score runs? The stats would say no. An outsider would say no. We know there's potential there. We know it could happen. We've seen, we've seen it happen in small spurts and we, when we have to hope that that's just the way it is being a Royals fan. So, you know, Stay up and we'll continue to follow this team inside and out. One last thing I do want to point out here that some good things coming up on Clubhouse Conversation. Number one, we will be catching up with, I think, one of the most underrated prospects of the entire organization. A a guy that really intrigues me. He's you know a top 30 guy. Justin Trapp, middle infielder right now for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. We'll have Justin Trapp on with us here in a couple days. We will be interviewing Aaron Guile. Aaron Guile will be an awesome interview. That'll be coming up this weekend. Steve Busby. He's be, he'll be coming up here being featured. Greg Olson, who won the 89 Rookie of the Year, was an All-Star in 90, pitched for the Royals after his Baltimore days. He's in the Baltimore Hall of Fame. Greg Olson will be joining us here in Club Conversation. So just a lot of exciting things going on here with the side. I appreciate you listening to this. We're still new, obviously. A lot of people don't know about us yet. So if you would spread the word, it would mean a lot. Uh, the, the more Royals fans we can get together and keep on the same page and uh, increase the passion for, the better. Follow us on Twitter. Please pass on the word, at Rails Clubhouse. You can subscribe on iTunes. Just keep passing on the word, and I hope you're enjoying the site. I'd love to hear from you if you're listening to me right now. I'm seeing the numbers go up every day of people listening with my analytics, but a lot of people, I don't know who's listening. I know there's people out there who I have no idea they're listening to this right now. Send me an email. Please do. If you're hearing this right now, I'd love to hear from you. Just click on the Contact Us there at the top of the page. Send me a little email. Tell me who you are. Tell me about yourself. I'd love to hear from you. How long have you been a Rails fan for? What are your thoughts on the team? I'd love to talk about your comments here on Davos Dish. So reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And thanks again for listening to Clubhouse Conversation. Go Royals.